joining home from uh, Dean Samuels, um, and I'm absolutely delighted. Um, this is our first uh, ever podcast with uh, Mr. Chris Quigley. It's good champs. I would love to just welcome our first guest, uh, Darren Anderson. Nice um, to meet it's you. It's an absolute pleasure yep. to have you. Yeah. Um, obviously, I know you've been coming to Dean Samuels now for, for a while, mate, so just uh, give us a wee bit of background here about yourself. Where do we start? <laughs> that, that, Let, let's that, go back to the start with you, Dan. It's sort of the start of your, your journey. We'll say, we'll say what I'm prominently probably known for. So I'm probably known in North Belfast for personal training and obviously the greater Belfast area for personal training. But I'm also known as a professional boxing trainer. So I've worked in uh, professional boxing for nearly 10 years now. So uh, yeah, it's been, been a hell of a journey. Uh, I was a boxer. I was a rogue. I've been in all different sort of roads there, but uh, teenage life to coming into to being a to being a mom to being a, a business owner now a gym owner, uh, on my own professional boxing yeah. stable. So I so I plenty of time to think. So, so, so how far do you want to go back? So if you're going, if you're in the game now, sort of ten to twelve years, let's go back to. How did you actually get into boxing? Yeah, like, where did yeah. that even come from? Mate? What was the funny story? Yeah. So I was, I was in primary school. I was a good runner, so I was cross country runner, and I was in Park Lodge Primary School on the Andrew Road, and then I went to Samogis. So in first year, I was pretty good cross country runner. I was running over in like some Margate and stuff over with Canyons and like top level runners. Like I wasn't a top level runner by all means at that point, but I was running with some of the best runners in Ireland, actually the fastest man in Ireland. Um, Kevin Seaward was in our running team. He's currently the right, fastest right. man there. He could, I think he's the best marathon team. I hope I've got that fact right. <laughs> but I'm near enough so he is now the, fa- now the fastest man there. And he's like, oh, I'm far. Right, <laughs> so, right. so he's our, he's our best uh, marathon runner. So he was actually on the team. So it was around great athletes, even as, as far back as in the first year. And uh, I was a good student. I was pretty intelligent. I was getting up every morning, putting a wee vest on, putting the shorts on, even in the freezing cold, and running up the top of the Cape Hill. Like, so it was really, really dedicated. And what, was what, was the, what was even the incentive back then? What was well done to sort of... Well, I, ju- I just think about... Was it sort of stay off the streets, or is it sort of, well, you know, to sort of not get involved with the wrong crowd, or enjoy Well, I think, I think I was yeah. involved with the wrong crowd at that yeah, point. Right, right. So I think I think I was, I was gradually going, maybe, the wrong direction, essentially. But, but to go from there, so, like, I was pretty good student, uh... I was doing my own cross country running, I felt like I was going places. I was torturing and I want to be a boxer because I watched Rocky, I was like, I want to be a boxer. We watched Rocky a couple of times, there was all the different Rockies. I was like, right, I don't want to be a runner, I want to be a boxer. <laughs> so, and then the summer first year, my whole world just exploded, went upside down. Uh, not everyone knows, but it's probably obvious that I've got ADHD, so pretty hyper and really out there. And I took my first ecstasy tablet and I was like 13, 14, which was fucking. For a straight A student, cross country mm-hmm. runner, it was completely set me a totally different, different a totally different path. Yeah. And to Did be you fair, really struggle with that ADHD? Like I still, like, oh, I still do now. I still do now. Like uh, there's options to medicate or uh, just deal with the way I deal with. Yeah. The way I deal with is I just I have to look after myself. If uh, I'm drinking all the time, if I'm not looking after myself, if I'm not exercising, I'm not eating well, it, it, it can become a bit of a problem. Whereas if I manage it my way of doing it, uh, it's like a super party. Like, yeah, <laughs> to be honest, right. like. yeah, but but if we go back to that summer, like so that summer, first tablet, uh, run the we were on crowd up a cave hill, and everything just went 
I went from obviously being a really good student to like skipping classes to fucking zero to <laughs> smoking dope to partying every weekend. Like Especially fucking. sort of being at Somalis too, the sort of consensus is obviously sort of well, they the books and sort of obviously, you know, staying in school the best you can, like so if you're a bit of a throwaway then obviously it can be a bit of a problem I'm sure as well, no, like sort of hundred percent they're looking straight A, they're looking the perfect student, but like so when that happened then I completely went a different path. So like school was the last thing in my priority. It was partying, it was taking drugs, it was getting involved in selling drugs. It was all the wrong things. And it wasn't my parents' fault. My mother was a nurse, my father uh, worked for part in agriculture, like we had a good upbringing, we're from a good area. Yeah, but essentially yeah. we were always looking for like <laughs> looking for the, the madness and the trouble and stuff. But I think after that day and my mother who was a bit apprehensive to getting into boxing because she was a nurse, she didn't like the thought of me getting hit. Getting hurt. Uh, well, like any moment, it? <laughs> it's their job to protect us, isn't it? So, but once I started to go re- renegades, once, once I started to like, completely go the wrong direction then, uh, it made sense for me to go to a boxing club. So I started in the Holy Family Boxing Club with a with an, one of Ireland's probably greatest and most famous coaches, Jerry Story, and the likes of Carl Trumpen would have been there and Paddy Barnes and... Um, all sorts of cracking fighters come through this amazing gym Olympians and stuff like that and I went down there and to be honest I was still reckless I was still partying to begin but the, the boxing during the week was a wee bit of solitude from the madness and don't get me wrong some of the partying and raves and buses to raves and had some amazing experiences going to Planet Love and God's Kitchen <laughs> and doing all these epic things but like eventually all them highs become lows and like I was going the wrong direction and I started to get maybe heavily involved in the sort of drug thing and a lot of people don't actually know that about me that I was an absolute rogue in my teenage years. And I think the turning point, like, uh, I was 21, I was really out of shape and it's funny because we're running sitting in the barber's chair, <laughs> we're talking about the barber's chair, I uh, fell asleep at a party and someone saved me out, right? <laughs> and that was the dumb thing, people thought that was funny at that stage, it, like, so it was in there around Christmas time and I went home to my dad. I went home to my house to get ready. I was going back out in the river. It was like Christmas holidays, like fucking no way, bro. I'm damn, they did my services like the fucking stadium. <laughs> fucking, you're out of shape. You're fucking <laughs> off your tits every weekend. You're doing fucking numb yourself. Like your potential to be a great runner and a boxer, but you just sort your shit out. And like my dad just started me out that day. And like, and parents always see the other side, but as well, do you know what I mean? They're always trying to keep you oh, grounded. Like, no doubt at all. Like, no, they were always. Great parents, so like it, it's nothing to do with my upbringing. Essentially, it was just I just went took, <laughs> yeah. I just went metal. But essentially, I think when my dad, my dad went through me that day for a shortcut, it just something just clicked, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, Dad, see, I see, I'm gonna have a six pack. I'm gonna fucking do a charity cycle with you because my dad does charity cycles. Yeah. Like I'm gonna completely, and utterly change my life here. Like, like I'm. I'm ready for this. Like I'm ready. And what age are you about this in? I'm 21. Like, okay, so yeah, yeah. I just think like, whatever he said to me, I just sort of went, look, and I'm a very, my surname's Anderson, I'm very proud of my family. My father was a legend, and I've created a bit of a boxing brand we're talking about, like, yeah. the thing, and stuff, like, and, and, and represent, sort of representing my family and stuff. So, like, I come from a very sort of proud family. The Andersons are really good people, like, have really good uncles, and just really great family and like when I started to do the charity signal they all done that together and I spent more time with my uncles and with my older cousins and people I really really looked up to and, and my dad and also like doing that charity signal like, it's like once a year we signal the car knocking back and raise money for the cancer fund for kids 
that was a massive thing for me because that really helped me and then I got back into boxing and was like damn I'm going to prove all this stuff I'm going to prove that like, like relit the flame for you as well like more than like yeah. a thing because what I realised as well is like all these so called mates shaving your eyebrow like they only really wanted to when you were in the drug scene yeah, yeah, yeah. when you had the bags easy the bags yeah. of gear you know like that yeah, yeah. that's what they wanted but essentially I think you made a really really great point there mate about like how the highs start to become lows mm. like I, I think that's like that's really just hit the nail on the head there mate you know like when you're out there and you're partying and all it's all highs and all but then afterwards oh. it's you know it's it's a big big low there the downers like, yeah because yeah. what goes up must come down yeah, like in that yeah. And I think a lot of young lads are very lost essentially. They like they, they don't understand that like like what they're doing. Well, I think that relates back into the, the sort of parenting thing as well. You know, fortunate enough for yourself that you had a right. father that could pull you and say, "Listen, son, maybe you're going down the wrong way here. Let's maybe try and sharpen this up a wee bit." You know, yeah. maybe some lads aren't fortunate enough to maybe have that. You know what I mean? And maybe that's why they sort of maybe stay on the wrong path as well. Hundred like. percent. Yeah, yeah. I think it definitely relates back to the, the family, or sorry, the house as well, you know, what way you're being perceived by your parents. No, definitely, and like, I, I have to say, I am so, so lucky to have such great parents. Yeah. And my dad, I mean, I like, he's like my best mate, like, the way they for a beer room. Yeah. Like, my dad was no, he wasn't no perfect person, like, he was a bit of a rogue when he was younger. He was a bit of a rogue when he was younger, but he's younger, but he sort of, like, obviously, he's my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so he's sort of like, right. I, I fucked up plenty, yeah, so no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, so it's actually like, like and, and he sort of, he just completely, whatever, he, it just something clicked. And then I started back boxing. I won, I think it was, I won like a, an Ulster novice, Taylor, or an Ulster novice. And then it snowballed, and then I was in the gym, and uh, Paddy Barnes was there. Uh, the Waltzes were, in the Michaela Waltz, I don't know about them. Commonwealth Games, uh, gold medals. Yeah, I've heard of them, big names. Uh, legends like very close to me. I met their dad. Their dad was one of my coaches, still is one of the most legendary underboxing coaches probably in my league. Uh, and just things snowballed, and then like, and then I think I got I got a couple of years of boxing, and I was watching. I was getting my legs together. I was doing the bar at the weekends, still dabbling a wee bit and drinking and acting a bollocks the whole time. I wasn't I wasn't completely on the street now. I did have fucking mad weekends and still fucking had blowouts and stuff. Uh, definitely a bit more structured than that. But a lot always. more structured, boxing, <laughs> boxing, training, like flat out, looking after myself more. Started to win titles, started to maybe get picked to go away. Went to America, 2012, with Mick Cullen, another podcaster, big yeah. Tommy McCarthy, uh, Trum, Trum McCullough, Roy Sheen was a cracking house boxing, not many people would know These about him. boys you basically were looking up to at this stage, like... That, looking up to you, yes, but they're actually younger than me. Like, I was older than them all. Like, I sort of thought it backwards. Didn't well, I? Like, you're just sort of surrounding uh, yourself with people on the same path. No, look, looking up to you, I want to do one. I don't want to think. I don't want absolutely. Yes, looking up to what they've achieved and who they are, but I guess that's the yeah, older than me. Yeah. But, but like, yes, being around that, that amazing circle and pool of talent. So, so what do you find? He was an absolute litter of talent. Like, you know, yeah. Ian Frampton, when he turned pro, didn't originally go to McGregor. He was training there during the day. So, I would have been training alongside Frank and actually getting my left home sometimes, so yeah. he's getting left up for yeah. McCarr, like he was sharing, sharing, you know, like, as before, obviously, he'd moved over to see McGregor, and then he'd like, start to obviously fly, like, yeah. obviously, what, what it does seem a very genuine, sort of, down-to-earth fella, quite frankly. Oh, I actually buzzed at the minute, because, like, I really struggled to read books, because of the ADHD, I struggled to concentrate, yeah. so I, uh, 
love Audible. So I was waiting, yeah. waiting, 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 yeah. waiting, 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 and I come out yesterday and I go sit and I said, it's freezing outside. I think, love, I'm going to throw up. She's like, really, it's freezing out there when we're chilling out. I says, no, I've just <laughs> learned where Fountain's book. I'm I just want to go for a walk and zone out. No, I let's do a bit of this book and stuff. And it's so relatable and he's talking about people in the book that I personally have met through boxing different things and stuff but no no so we should have got the lost a wee bit there don't we yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not a transit there like. right about the 20s then the start of the change for you I'm in my 20s some things changed and until, you, until you've made the change though you know changes well, well, essentially happen yeah do you know what I mean like essentially sort of yeah it, it basically came to the realisation you know basically I need to make the change yeah yeah in your own self like so obviously yeah. making that change is a big big step as well like and then obviously being dedicated to it as well, so mm. it's been a long enough path for you as well, though. Hundred percent, big time. But it only gets better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so from there, it was like so from there, it was boxing. It was getting yeah. organised again uh, up till about twenty two. Didn't really know what I wanted to do, and then something just clicked when I was twenty two. And actually, went to my dad. Says, "Dad, I want to be a personal trainer." My dad, and the were hot the you think? I'm 36 now, but this is 14, 14 odd years ago, there wasn't many personal trainers about myself. But my dad said to me, oh, personal trainers, loads of them, son. And he says, they're, they're dead with us, and I'm like, dad, you're like, crazy. So my dad was always employed. He was always used to getting away, yeah, never self-employed. Yeah, yeah. And this was like a risk me going self-employed and pursuing this career. And I had a job, I was doing the park the weekends, I was doing call centre work. I wasn't doing anything for me of value, I thought it was really were the mission I wanted to go, it just wasn't sort of relating to it. So I went to my cousin Lawrence Anderson, obviously legend, owns a couple of shops and pharmacies just down in uh, top of Conbridge, there's a wee okay. pharmacy yeah. right? But uh, he was a business owner. So I went to my cousin Lawrence and says, yo, like what's crack? Cause I always looked up to Lawrence, he was someone that I, he wrote about in the chat, he said, oh, well, he was just a good role model essentially yeah, for me when I was younger. So I went to our Lawrence group, I don't know, like, Good bit older, I don't want to quote his age because we listen to it, he didn't crack up. I think well, he did celebrate it, it's 50 or so. Let me get myself in trouble saying that. But, but he's a legend anyway, and uh, and I looked up to him, so I went down for a base and like, yo, like, Lawrence, I want to be a personal trainer, I don't want to work in call centres, I don't want to do the bar anymore. And with the boxing and stuff, like, like it's something that really interests him. Do you think it's a good idea? Like, do you think? And he just basically says, and he says, look, well, you look like you want to do it and you look excited about it and yeah, yeah. you look like you could be passionate about it and like think are, are you willing to put the work in like are you willing to if you do the course are you, you going to go for it and I was like yeah I'm going to go for it and he said well listen just go for it yeah, but like this time I didn't take my dad's advice yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went to my cousin because my dad was employed and my cousin was self-employed right, yeah. and run businesses and own businesses and so like well for me that's a better advice and then yeah, yeah. got the PT course with 23 and PT goes 23, I was still boxing away, things weren't good in boxing, I was flat out, started my PT, got, actually got my PT course, was working in the bar, and one Christmas all the staff from fitness first came in or something, and I remember saying to a guy called Michael McLeave, gentleman, uh, he was the manager at the time, he came up to the bar and sat away, I was like, oh, where are you from? I was working in Irene Nalls at the time, it was a real right. thing. Played all the old school dogs, you know. <laughs> you imagine someone hyper like me was fucking like that. He's the program all the time. It was like raving, but I'm not raving. So they could be dancing about the bar, yeah. I'm popping about the bar, so I'm real confident. Just get on real tips as well. It was all yanks and obviously chatting away there, of course. Ah, I'm a bit of crack. 
But yeah, so where would where would I? But I, I think in the, the, you know, with the with the ADHD scenario as well, you know, the yeah. game like that as well is very beneficial. You know, meeting new people and stuff. Do you know what I mean? It, it actually can stem a lot of conversations. Do you know what I mean? It actually keeps the mind sort of ticking. Do you know what I mean? I actually oh, think exactly. it's a very beneficial thing to have sometimes as well. You know, super far. Some people can't switch off, and in a way, that's actually a good thing to not switch off sometimes as well. It's perfect for my line of business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where do we get new, new ideas, etc. Your uncle, is it? Aye, yeah, yeah. Or my cousin, my cousin. My cousin, sorry. So, so he gave me a basic PT. He got the PT course, and I was so I'm in the bar working, and this guy, my uncle McLeod, goes up and I'm chatting with him, and they make all that. Uh, he introduced me to my guy and said, "Man, what's what he's doing?" He's over on the fitness first Christmas party, and I'm literally doing my PT course, doing the bar to keep myself going while I'm doing the course. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Belfast now at the time doing the course, and I'm like, "Yeah, whoa." Fitness first. I might want to work there. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yo, what's cracking? So I think uh, do a couple of extra shots. Said nothing here. You want a couple of extra shots? Then he says, yeah, can I call and see you? Yeah. So I called up the fitness first. Uh, says, look, I'm fitness. I'm gonna be. I'm qualifying as a fitness instructor. But I think it was a Christmas party. I'm not certain. And I wasn't qualified to me. I was like, can I call and see you? So call and see. And I was like, look, when I qualify as a PT, can I work for yeah, fitness yeah. first? So since he. I was going to the south, your self employed person, yes, so yes. I was going and I think the first month I was doing like fitness hours to pay my rent as a personal trainer. Okay, so okay. I think a barber rents his chair. Yeah, the barber's exactly. chair. We're back, we're back to the yeah. barber's chair. <laughs> what's, sorry, what's the fitness hours then? What, is, what does that mean? Like, you just so cleaning the, the gym, basically. Opening the gym, cleaning the gym. Aye, yeah, well, it's but just doesn't last long. Like, have a cupboard yeah. your rent then, is that what you're saying? Essentially, would have been, it's like a, like a cleaning scale where I get maybe done 10 hours a week. And that would maybe amount to whatever minimum wage would you yeah, yeah, yeah. like probably less than yeah. in twenty twenty two like three pounds or something. <laughs> <laughs> but but I so so but at that stage you're not even thinking about the money, you're not really thinking, oh, you're no. thinking about the, the, yeah. the, the long picture, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah. And it's you that sort of obviously, you know, seeing these wee things, people coming into the bar, oh, we work for fitness first, let's chase this guy down a bit here, do you know what I mean? So uh, it's you that's actually making that you know, go get initial it. step, you know what I mean? Like sort of saying, right, I know I have to start from the bottom, but I'm willing to start from the bottom, do you know what I mean? And start from the bottom yeah, now. Look here. Where we're <laughs> at, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? So it just goes to show that you have to start from the bottom. Do you know what I mean? There's only yeah. really one way to start, like and it's just get started. And that, that makes sense. Because essentially if you think of like, oh man, I'm fucking taking drugs. Yeah, but what what if in that bar, you know, maybe you've seen these people work for fitness first and you know, maybe not relating back to the ADHD again, but maybe your brain isn't telling you to approach these people. No, I know that that's something. Yeah, like maybe the confidence, the confidence comes comes from the old soul. But if you look at start from the bottom, like if you look like the trajectory, like so, and as a young lad, really smart, doing well in school, cause yeah, yeah, yeah. and then boom, oh, you're back yeah, down again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or then one about the decks taking drugs, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. wrong company. Yeah. Uh, then boom, personal trainer going the right direction. No, like because because like people like like. Life is like your heartbeat. Life goes up every time. Yeah. <laughs> you moment you're up, next yeah. you're down, and it's just so normal. Like it's so normal for things to be up and down and things, and like that. That's you're starting the bottom and you're trying to build essentially. Yeah. But that's something like obviously people need to realise too. Like, like and I always it's not so before happen, before I would have got really really excited about off I was working it was certain things or something was going well. I know I'm testing pro boxing which we'll shortly here. But uh, like if things were going really well, I'd be like, whoa, way up there. And 
then when things are at bottom, like, whoa, way down there. So like, I live here now, like, yes, so, so like, this is where I'm trying to live here, bro. Yeah, I don't want to get too excited. So like, I've learned through sport and I've just learned through a lot of experience that like, like I can't get too excited when things are going well yeah. because the lows become massive then. And then I tell, I work with a lot of athletes and then like, when they come to you, oh, I'm loving working with that, and then yeah. like, whoa, slow yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Like, what if something bad happens or something doesn't yeah, work? Just, yeah. just slow it down. Like, yeah. Let's stay level about this. Let's yeah. let's let's stay humble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and we brand here. You know, yeah. so get a better brand than there. AP But look, I just want to wrap, wrap up a few points here. So, like, I went there basically and got a job in fitness first. I started in fitness first. I really started to get my like head in the game. Uh, I was going with a girl from Cookston and Warren actually got on. For the eye, so I was living with her on near the shore road actually. Right? Yeah. So I was living with her and just just wasn't clicking. And I just started personal training and we were sort of arguing over who was going to take this house on we're renting. I went out one weekend, my week with my cousin Philly Marski says yes, to me, just, Look, come on, listen, come on out with the boys, we're out in the Bellevue and I'm like, Oh cause my head's mad then I'm breaking up by a spur and I'm like, yo, you damn me sound like you need a beer. <laughs> so, so I was like, hey, fuck I need a beer. So so I went up there in the Bellevue and um uh, I was sitting down and I met this girl called Stacey Doran's most waste uh place mate and she says to me, Oh you're a Don, aren't you? I remember you were a rocket <laughs> I'm like, Well I'm not a rocket there. <laughs> like, I've calmed down, I'm a PT. I'm a, I'm a PT now. <laughs> But she's like, she's like, what are you doing then? And he says, oh, I'm a PT. And she says, oh, I'm a boxer too. And she goes, no, you're not. You <laughs> used to be a rocket though, because everyone expects you still to be a rocket. So she I'm sure of a phone of girls, me boxing. And the girl was saying, it ends up being my wife, Danielle. I chips in and goes, you don't look like a boxer. <laughs> and I went, what? She said, you're a PT. She says, lift your top up. And I said, never six pack. She goes, she thought it was a six pack. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she grilled me and then I was, I was with that still with that other girl I said see and, uh, and, then, and then me and her just completely hit it off that night and it was like right other girl ditched, <laughs> ditched her this is now my new girl so my, my wife's actually more like, and then me and her just we just related so much uh, we just clicked and just everything just sort of you know what I mean just clicked and just mad so like at 24 my personal training career was kicking off I met my wife obviously didn't know it was going to be my wife so I did know I think I think I actually went to the cinema I told this here and I was just out of the box and told them I was sweating but what's going on a date no you've been feeling like mad and then you come out into the cold and you just start sweating because I was under a bit of pain so coming off you <laughs> pick her up in the taxi you want to read the cinema and <laughs> I'm absolutely panicking because I'm sweating. I'm like, he's gonna think I'm a stinker. I'm a stinker. I don't usually fucking sweat against. Just didn't get a chance to have it. You know, like, I was sort of rushing out of the boxing club, still roasted and hit the road, starting yeah, to sweat. And uh, we went to the cinema, and something about that I sort of near. It's weird. I think someone come over me, and I think, geez, I think this is the one. Like, I, I think this is gonna be. I think it's going to be my wife like I, and it was a weird thing I think that made me more fucking nervous so I'm sweating even more just sitting beside me in the cinema and I'm fucking sweating but so like 24 met my wife to be obviously at that point uh, started personal training started really getting my life together and that helps it helps a lot though as well doesn't it you know, having that sort of relationship 
bit of backings from your woman as well, you know. Oh, the support from her was yeah. massive. Like I wasn't making much money. Yeah, exactly. Trying to build a business from yeah, scratch. She obviously sees, you know, that they're in you as well. You she know, sees this guy ambition. is going to try. Yeah, ambition. That's the word I'm looking for there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But they invest in the drive and they, they see basically like at the start, she's yeah, can't wear a bandy shopping. That's how fucking skimp I was. Like, yeah, when I started with yeah. BT like, you know, so it was I started to pay rent then because I stopped doing fitness hours. Like, it was 100 quid a week. And like, you think 14 years ago, paying like, 100 quid a week was like, whoa, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't think twice about it now when you own a business because you know what it's like running a business. 100 quid wouldn't even, uh, <laughs> wouldn't even turn the lights on that. I even going to town now, wouldn't it? 100 quid. Now Tom doesn't do it no more, does he? But, but it's, uh, where, where? when you're in fitness first as well, like obviously, and you've just came off like uh, the fitness hours, then like obviously, you're just having a chance to build clientele. Yeah, that's I'll how, you how, how, you, how you trying to build clientele there, like, yeah, because social media is not really too prevalent back then no. as well. Sure, it's not that, do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, a lot of people now you know can start a page, can start a process without yeah. even meeting someone, like, do you know what I mean? It's funny, it it's funny, like, so, so, like, this is this is. And this is great for young lads here in business. Like, yeah, probably yeah. I was back in, still am in business now. Like, still have a lot I want to achieve. Never, never, never lose my drive to actually keep kicking on. Success, yeah, is, success, yeah. success, and being successful is really what drives us, not finances. But uh, so I was in fitness first, and I was going around treadmills and bought pair of boxing pads. Right. Here, here, do you want to come off that treadmill? <laughs> I show you a few, few, few moves on the pods here. <laughs> so, and like, some people were like, calling people on the oh, Some people were like, oh yeah, man. And the other people were like, well, fuck off me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was brutal. Like, nothing lost as yeah. well. I didn't say no, like, you know what I mean? Like, here, I'll tell you what, one of my, he lives close to here, and he's not, I, got, I don't know what he, he could be a right old age now. Charlie could be in his late 60s. Like, the guy, one of my first clients. Told me no, <laughs> so right, I walked up to him, right. and this guy ended up being my client for years, coming to Christmas parties and all this. But an older fella, like, and uh, I walked up to the shelf and he says, Oh, no, not for me, mate. And I went, All right, sweet. And then I was on the gym floor, probably, mm, uh, sad face, I'm looking at him, I'm just staying here, big sorry, sorry, lad. But he came over to me and he says, Yeah, oh. sorry, I, I would actually like to try that. Now, this guy ended up being the fashion business, he was successful, he okay. all over the world, he'd have been in Saudi and all these different places. He ended up being a real a real role model for me, essentially, in business. And a guy I always turned to for a piece, uh, Trevor Lovely. But uh, but how he come off in sort of like a, a bit of a pity party, I went, Are you alright there? I don't know, I'm sure you'll think it. Then we got ready to pass. I didn't put the pads up for me, just hit me, just hit me. Uh, <laughs> But it was like, uh, so he came, he came and uh, <coughs> done a bit of pods and he ended up being one of the long standing clients. Like, right? but, but from there then things obviously progressed then. So fitness first led to me working on frames, yes. which is where I met you, Chris. Yes. Well, I knew you, but yes. I met you again. And then when I was in frames, I met Paddy Gaughan. And we were asking him about yeah, yeah. the boxing training. He's known for the boxing, obviously, then as well. Then, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Obviously... Sort of how far into the sort of personal training has it led you to sort of want to now take it from the personal training to into more boxing? You know what I mean? Like sort of, is it just coinciding with each other or has something stemmed into that for you? I think as a boxer, right? So as a boxer, I uh, looked about me 
and personal trainers were all about their Tupperware, <laughs> their yeah. chicken, their rice, their yeah. eggs, yeah. their broccoli, and they're all meatheads, they're all taking their tops off, sorry for the frame, you're not a meathead if you live against, but a lot of them were on the gear, and they were all yeah. <laughs> starting to murder, I guess, and I was looking and going, fuck, I'm not like him, and yeah. that, that's not me, and even the conversations that were having, and like, um, I want to talk about sport and stuff yes. that was interesting to me, so I essentially looked around me, and I was like, there was a couple of good guys in there that were in the strength and distance and stuff, and I looked about me and I'm sort of going, whoa, I'm not like these. I don't want to, I don't want to be associated as a meathead personal trainer. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. more into sport and boxing and stuff. And obviously, my boxing career was taken off at the same time in my, in my sort of twenties. Not massively. Just as an amateur, I'm starting to win a couple of week hills and starting to get trips away to Gamaga with Mike and Mike Cumberland, yeah. um, big Tommy Mac, a couple of other boys. But, but. Then I realised that I didn't want to be I, I didn't I didn't want to be just a personal trainer. I wanted to be a strength and distance coach. Yes, yes. Because I met a guy called Gareth uh, Quinn and he done a bit of strength and distance with me and it sort of clicked and I was like, oh well, I'll give that a go. And uh, he started doing a bit of SNC with me and I started, whoa, actually I really like this. Yeah. This is more interesting to me. So like a young man that was full of ideas and ambition was like, actually I don't want to be a personal trainer now. I want to get qualified as a strength and distance coach. Yeah. So starting to pursue that there, and then Fitness First all goes tits up, and some other company takes over and they're selling the dream, and I'm like, no, I'm jumping ship. I don't like what they're selling here. And right enough, that company folded. I can't remember the name of the company, but they took over Fitness First and it shit the bed. I split, and I, and I, I took. I was looking at a gym online, and it had loads of boxing rings in it. You remember pretty cool yeah, gym yeah, on it? Yeah, yeah. There, it was called uh, City Centre Gym. City Centre. So, so I was looking at the boxing rings and there was pro boxers there and there was a boxer I knew called Paddy Gallagher recently won a Commonwealth gold and he was going pro and I was sort of like, I was looking on the thing that was leaking all their stuff and then a guy called Jeremy McManus reached yes, out to me. Yeah, yeah, no, he was Paddy's coach. Yes, that's right. Reached out to me and says, yo, Dan, uh, we're looking for personal trainers. Are you interested? He's a legend, But do you think, look at the timeline, it's weird. Like fate just grabs you by the life of time. So, it's as if something's already ready for me to go there. Mm -hmm. But uh, so he reaches out to me. He's a pro boxing coach at the time. Amateur doing a bit of pro box coaching. I am in a gym where I'm not happy and I'm ready to leave and I'm looking my next move. Yeah, yeah. So like, obviously, yes, obviously I was already looking essentially. Yeah. But he grabs me and goes, whoa, do you want to come down and check his gym out? And I look up at him like, it's a wee bit rusty and like a weird sir, wee bit spitting solid. It's an old school feel to him, wasn't it? Coming from a boxing background, but that's what I'm used to. That's yeah, what I'm with the boxing yeah, club. Yeah, like, it's spitting solid, yeah. it's a bit rough and ratty, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm a bit rough and ratty. What gets the ring? I don't see me. It's spitting solid. Spitting solid. You made the time I swore I'd go on, you'd rather cut the ring. I don't Get the swear box. But, so, he may have asked me, I go yeah, down and chat with him, get a feed for it, and Paddy Galder. And so you, you already know Paddy Gal before this? I know who he is. is I don't okay, know him. Yeah, yeah. I don't so know this him. the friendship with Paddy also as well. It's a funny story with Paddy Gal. So Shout out Paddy Gal as well. One of, <laughs> one, one of the best. Absolutely legendary. One of the best. Yeah. Choking boys out flat out now. Yes. He makes some MMA fit. We're going to talk about that. Yes, yeah. well. <laughs> but... He's fighting careers around the orbit now, he's got a bit of BJJ, but uh, choking boys out for fun. So, so I go to City Centre Gym, and obviously I'm, I'm a personal trainer, I'm, I'm not a qualified strength disc coach yet, but I'm pursuing the qualifications, I'm looking at courses, and I'm sort of like, great, what am I going here with this? And uh, obviously I know, like, oh, 
Belfast Alexander. That, Alexander. that would be epic for me to work at Belfast Alexander. This James both frame frames. I used to drink the frames. No yeah, frames yeah. is a spot where God, I think it makes sense. Go down see a gym and I like the spitting sawdust, but to have this cracking boxing area with two boxing rings and loads yeah, of punch bags. And as an amateur boxer, I'm like, whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. this yeah, is this is next me. level for me. I can run boxing classes, like where people get into the ring. Yeah. I can spar here, I can train with good fighters. So like it was like lightning bolts and then like they had a bit of like strength and distance stuff, like good farmers walks and things like So it was like it was like, oh this place looks like it's for me. So then I moved from fitness first there after two or three years and I got to there and funny story so Paddy the first time I not met Paddy he didn't meet me because he didn't actually clock him and his missus it was just after he won his Commonwealth gold so I watched him in the Commonwealth games won Commonwealth gold I was like god he's a cracking fighter yeah. I love his stay he's really uh, aggressive yeah. and just yeah, he was yeah. like whoa he beat Colin Smith who's one of the most successful yeah. boxers in UK through uh, super middleweight uh, was he was he not unified? I think he was on the speed at one point. Okay, was he okay. won all the super middleweight marbles? Like, uh, I'm not certain, maybe, maybe it was unified, but uh, he went on, he's went on, on amazing. Paddy can't beat him in the yeah, Commonwealth yeah, Games, yeah. so I watched all this. Yeah, like, yeah. but I'm walking down Castle Street, which says he's no down three seats from West Belfast, and him and his mister just crazy strode up. And Paddy was better swagger, and I'm like, Oh, my thing, whoa, Paddy, God, what's happening? <laughs> well done, mate. He probably acknowledges me, he probably even remembers this because he doesn't know me. Like, yeah, the yeah, yeah, so he's at round there and he just won his Commonwealth Gold. So everyone's probably yeah, going, Yo, Paddy, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. saying, like, Yo, Paddy, God, <laughs> he walks on. And then, years later, then, once again, it's a mad thing. The world just opened up, also, the mad door she attends. But I uh, will you open them yourself, don't you? You push that direction, don't you? You make your own luck, you know what I mean? But I, I agree with that. Even when you were saying, like, just back to you, even like just being as a, doing your fitness hours, mate, and you could have like just sat by, but you're actually walking around the treadmill. I know, that's you know, class, no, honestly, that is you're, class. You're like, going to people like, listen, you know, you're, not, you're going out and getting it. You're, yeah, you're not just yeah. sitting by and just being like, and then the next thing you're going, right, I need to do a strength and conditioning course. You know, like, you're going out and getting it. You're oh, not just sitting back everything. and just being like, right, okay. Ambition. You're not yeah. accepting the hand you're dealt, basically, you know what I mean? Exactly. I think I'm a dreamer, lads, but I'm a dreamer that makes dreams come true. Yeah, like, so, well, well, I've said, like, I've said things in my life and I've said I've, I'm going to do it by this deadline and I've, and I've smashed yeah. them with it. Some I people say coincidence, but I personally I don't really no, believe in coincidence. You know what I mean? the ups and downs, yeah, hard yeah, work yeah. and knockbacks and doors shut. No, no. Yeah. Not everyone was opening the door like you had to work really hard. But we'll go to meet and Jared. No, so meet and Jared, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right, I broke the flow, but I just wee pee here. I'm in city centre, gym down yeah. frames, and I've met Jared, and Jared's a pro boxing coach. So, yeah. so when I'm working away as a PT, Polly, Polly Gal is there, and He's trained away by himself and I'm seeing him doing a couple of things. I'm like, he looks like he'd do a bit, a bit of help with that. And me, obviously, wanting to aspire to strengthen this. And coaching not a personal trainer anymore. Well, since he's still a personal trainer, he's still on now. Uh, but me pursuing the SNC, he was like, God, I, not only that, me just wanting to help him. So I'm walking over and I'm like, here, can I show you things? And he's like, all right, go ahead. And I'm like, see if you lift that this way and that way. And just manipulated a few things about what way he was lifting weights. And me and Paddy no, it's just like These are very similar people, in my opinion, as well. Dan's one being very outgoing, uh, very motivated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rocking people, you know what I mean? I have a lot of time for Paddy Gall, love Be a great guy if he's Oh, you will, you don't need to try, you'll get Paddy yeah, on no class. Paddy will come yeah, on. Yeah. I'll, make, I'll make sure he does. Uh, 
So I meet Paddy and I'm chatting about him and I'm like, oh, can I get help you? I'm personal trainer, I've done a bit of SNC work, I'm pursuing this course, blah, blah, blah. I start chatting away. Do you want me to help you? So like, I start helping Paddy a wee bit with SNC. And then obviously that snowballs into something because Paddy's in pro boxing. So like, because he's in pro boxing, then like, obviously you start to get involved. And I remember he fought the prize winner, it was absolutely brutal. He beat Nathaniel, he was in, he was out. He's only ever fair to lose in a tournament and then still get to the final and get back in again. Don't even want to go in there, it's so stressful even yeah, thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> so, so I wasn't in the corner that time, so after, and, and I was having out the SNC for that tournament, and I was in the corner, and it really frustrated me, so I was sort of like, really, I want to be in the corner now. Like, like well, if I'm going to do the SNC, like, I was volunteering, I wasn't asking for any money, I was helping them out. I was like, ah, well, no, I want to be in the corner, so then I went and I got pursued getting my boxing, my first ever boxing license was my second days in 2014, I think I got my license out. So I got my first ever boxing license. So now I'm personal trainer, pursuing my strength and discipline courses, and now I've got a boxing license. So nice. it's a second license, so so there's different roles. So obviously you can be a cut man, you can, yeah, be, a, you can be an assistant help out with the corner. You have to have your second days belt, or you can be the second, or you can be the head trainer. So essentially I started as the second, so I got my second days with a boxing Union of Ireland and I'm still actually I'm still with them now. So Is was that a cost to actually getting those lessons or is it just like yeah. you just go on course and stuff just like, funded down or is like see we have like a lot of younger customers in here as well, so if any of them are even maybe thinking about kind of doing that kind of Thing you've been doing is it expensive to actually get to that stage or is it? It wasn't even expensive. It's experience. So so you can't just like not not everyone can get their second seasons. You have to be involved. You have to be able to prove to the boxing union of Ireland that you are involved to a point where they're going to be willing to grant you a license. Right. And then obviously there's a step up again uh, to getting the head trainer's license. You have to have experience. You have to have a stable. You have to have yeah. like notable fighters wanting to work with you that are maybe registered with the boxing yard. So okay. there's more. It's it's more who you are and yeah. your experience. It's not and the cost is like eighty euros or something. Yeah. The second season and trainers one hundred and twenty maybe or something like that. It's yeah. not it's not crazy money, but you just you register and obviously and it's a yearly thing. So it's it's okay. more putting work basically. Well, it's just working with the right people and being around it. Do you know what I mean? And putting in work to be able to right work with people. But I did my second seasons then, and then I started helping out with Paddy's Corner. So there's a journey with Paddy, and then Paddy actually leaves Stuart after Price Fighter. Stuart's done a great job with him, he was his amateur coach when he won Commonwealth Gold, and uh, he was his pro coach. Stuart just did loads on, he loaded kids and you know, jobs and just loads going on. And I think Paddy just feels his time to leave, which is strange because he ends up coming back to him anyway. Strange for obviously. Hard for George, obviously, take on when Paddy leaves him, and uh, a bit awkward for me because I just started to sort of help out as well. George's still working away in the gym, and then Paddy goes to John Breen. So, John Breen's like an established trainer at this point, and Paddy's in Breen's very sort of old school in his methods. Yeah, very well known to you. Well known at this point, and uh, sort of like an old school trainer, you know, and obviously respected the boxer. So, Paddy goes there for a while. And is there for a couple of years, and obviously I follow him. So I got him training brains, and I'm sparring Paddy as well. We big I'm still boxing. Yeah. So not only am I helping out with his and seeing his corner, I'm also sparring him. So because yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to pursue my yeah. amateur boxing. Yeah, still thinking about maybe could I go go pro? Because it was in my Jesus, could I go pro? I'm, I'm involved, and then, and then as, as my career, as I start to get the fight at maybe a better sort of level and get a wee bit better, I'm getting. Pushed. 
pull towards me on a trainer. Yeah, so yeah, like like yeah, yeah. I wanna go there, but my training's pulling me there, my personal training building's pulling me here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And me and Danielle, who well, I'm with her a couple of years now, yeah. we're gonna get there about 27, 28, or 26, 27. I'm sort of like, I'm, I'm getting pulled every direction. I'm like, I wanna be Trying a hundred boxer, I wanna be a strength and distance, I'm starting to do the qualifications to be a strength and distance coach. Uh, I'm trying to be a good partner, yeah. and then essentially, I think we'll have a bit of a run with Paddy. He leaves Jared, he leaves Jared, goes to Breen, he leaves Breen then, sends me and TK, they come on the scene, yes. loads of money, <laughs> loads of loads of investment in boxing. Yeah. <laughs> like, go do it there for the money, yeah. So, like, so, like, so, like, I it's crazy because Paddy would have fought on the card of Frampton, so we're coming through the Frampton here. Okay. So, like, originally when I started 10 years ago, this was the Frampton here, it was all the card Frampton. And if you run a big show on the Odyssey, you run on the card of card. So, so we see the McGregor's raise McCard, and I'm in like we're at the after party of McCard and with Paddy and stuff. And Paddy's obviously it's all interlinking at this stage, then as well. Paddy's pursuing a square, and I know Frampton because he used to train them, and he used to take me left home when we we're training during the day in uh, Holy Family. Right. But it's all, it's all starting to like it's all starting to progress for Paddy, but also progress for me. I was gonna say it's sort of in a in a way you're saying like this work is slowly starting to things at are least introduce a lot of different stuff as well. You know I mean? I'm not just a personal trainer now, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a second boxing coach. I'm what a, you're putting out is sort of almost now what you're getting back, if that makes sense. Uh, it, too, like, do you know what I mean? It's all snowball. Yeah, it's exactly. all snowball. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. snowball. You yeah, only yeah. get one back, then more come. But it's all starting to snowball, and then uh, so Polly leaves John Breen then and goes back to George. Okay. And then essentially me and George, it's George back to being head trainer, and I'm second trainer still. But I'm sort of learning the trade along the way. Yeah. So I'm picking all these things up and picking things up from being a Breen's gym. I'm picking things up from working alongside George. And then it's me and Jared for a while. And uh, me and Jared start building this cracking team. So we'll have the likes of Comrade Cummins, uh, Stephen Donnelly, uh, who else? I think else. We own O'Neill. Yeah. Uh, so we're starting to really build a bit of a squad, a bit of a team. I, I do a bit with Lewis Very Crocker. We had Lewis Crocker for yeah. a while. So it was working with Lewis Crocker doing his corner. Thomas Connor for a couple of fights. Still comes and he's actually based in Glasgow now. Massive fighter. I'm Drew McKenna. Another podcaster uh, fighting soon. Uh, and. I'm still still doing a bit with him when he's home, but he's based as no no very down the earth lads as well. They're like very down the earth fellas. That's it. Very know their roots. You know what I mean? Boxers are very humble people. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a sport being a punch in the face, like, so see if you're not humble. <laughs> see if you go to boxing, you're not humble. You're gonna get humble. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Like you go in, you go, oh, I'm a hard man. I'm this name, bang. <laughs> Hold on, I'm maybe not as hard as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but but so so it's all snowball away. So Paddy's another car of Frampton stuff, and, and that's a Frampton here, and then Frampton's careers gradually sort of not come down there, but like sort of come down, he sort of come to the peak, uh, and then NTK's kicking off, and I know Jamie Conlon because Jamie Conlon trained the Brains. He left John's Brains there actually as well. And he, he, I think he moved to a gym in Liverpool or somewhere, or yeah. no, Glasgow, I can't remember where he was based, but he was a guy called Danny Vaughan, who's involved in TK and his missus involved. So everything, the whole boxing thing's sort of just changing in a yeah, way like, where someone else is taking over, so it's from there, then NTK come in, and they get to get NTK sort of like um, here, essentially, so they, it's going from the McGuigans being the main people promoting boxing in Ireland, the, 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 the MTK sort of taking yeah, over yeah, boxing yeah. in Ireland and UK. Yeah. And loads of opportunities are coming because there's money, so loads yeah. of fighters are getting 
opportunities in St. Owens and Paddy Porridge down the throw and I'm there that I'm really good friends with and, and grew up with obviously in Holy Family with Box the same club and uh, someone a lot of respect for absolute legend. Yeah. You see Danny Gallagher. Yeah, the love that too. Like, oh, he's a wee legend. Yeah, Some crack. Yeah. Uh, but but MTK really taking over now. So like we're we're seeing I'm seeing I'm going through this year. So I'm going through like a couple of years with all being a big problem. The MTK taking over the rise of Mick Condon then. Yeah. The Jamie Condon's career has come to come to an as well. And and boxing's absolutely starting to buzz again. And then. I know there was a big buzz around whenever MTK came along with them as well, like no, just shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. boxing lacks shows. Like actually, to be fair, when when it was the front in there, it was very hard time for boxers. Yeah, it was yeah. hard for Paddy to sell tickets. He was only getting on shows. Not much because he wasn't saying with the McGregor's. He was just a fighter that was managed to be someone managed to be someone else. But because he was obviously a quality fighter, he was getting opportunities on their bill. But there, it was like sometimes it wasn't great opportunities. Yeah, it wasn't great yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. So like he was saying like uh, it was a tough time the front in the air for other boxers. Great time for front, great time for like maybe Jamie Conlon and uh, and Kikachi or who else or James Tennyson. There's a couple of other fighters that had a real good run during that time. And uh, Marco McCulloch, I'd say something like that. There's fighters that were doing really well out of that era, but there's other fighters like Paddy that were maybe struggling a bit and struggling to get on bills. They were getting on the odd front and bill, but if front wasn't here, he was fighting away, but it was hard to get on. The bills that weren't that there was no bills here. Uh, the investment in boxing wasn't as much then. In other fighters, it was. Uh, do you know what I mean? And then MTK came. There were throwing loads of money at it. Yeah, there was everyone was getting fights. Yeah. There were shows in the waterfront. There were shows yeah, in the Odyssey. Yeah. There were shows in the other yeah. There was just so much happening there. And then that brings us to me and Jared working with Paddy and building a bit of a stable. And then Paddy fights for the British title right. and clearly wins it. So like it, it's clear as day. He stops the guy with a punch and, and on the cut it's its own video it's it's there for everyone to see like i've actually got it on my phone <laughs> for going to go up she can look here <laughs> but funny paddy clearly wins the race he fights on the undercard of mick condon so this is mick starting to raise now this is in 2019 and uh there's a cracking photo in my gym actually me and paddy stand it's paddy's far away he never fought again after 2019 paddy stand his arm up and i'm standing like that going yeah. What are we to do to win a fucking title? Because yeah. Paddy's had a bit of bad luck and yeah. ups and downs. Do titles? He's never got a title. Like a base, got a couple of titles, got the titles, but he's never got a pretty sure European over there. Bounce combat and gold medals. Mm. So like the expectation for him was to push on towards the European level and even possibly world level. At one point where we went, we actually went to America one time. It was fucking unreal. So <laughs> Paddy got fought in Louisville, Kentucky. It was on right. the Holy Field the title he fought for. The, the British team. Yeah, did he win that? No, so, Shane, he, he cut the guy. No, no, no. So, 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 so let me explain that, that. I went off topic. Sorry, Jordan, you for bringing me back here. I'm off on a bit of a tangent there. But so Paddy fights for the British title. He's on just before McConnell at the field. The field is massive, massive yeah, event. Yeah, yeah. And like, and Paddy, for us, he, he drops him during the fight. I think it only, the fight only goes 68 rounds with Chris Jenkins. And a uh, lot of respect for Chris Jenkins and his coach, actually. Gary Lockett from Wales, we, we were on a bill, Connor Kerr was recently on a bill and I was, had he had a fighter, so like this is a guy that obviously at one point the enemy because his fighter gets to the season over Paddy, yeah, not yeah, the enemy, yeah. but essentially like, what's the No, he's like, oh, win, yeah. we won that and he's saying, no, his fighter won it, do you yeah. know what I mean? And then now it's like, well, Gary, you're a pretty cool dude, you're a legend, so I sort of messaged him and get back and forth with him and I'm talking about me bringing spar fighters over to spar his, his fighters in Wales and stuff. But 
essentially. So how did your man then actually end up with nothing? So, so well, it's a funny story, right? So, so the the fake goes in, it goes six eight rounds, right? So, so like in the second round, probably drops him, which means it's a ten eight round. Yeah. There's not enough people in the start of the scoring box, and it's a ten nine round if you win it, they clear enough. Yeah. And it's a ten eight round if you if okay. you drop a fighter, or you absolutely yeah. bought the leg with him. So ten eight round, sorry. So and then. Chris Jenkins starts to open up and Paddy cuts him with a punch. So so we now we're more in the corner, we can't see that the cuts with a punch. You imagine uh, you yeah. can't see it could be a clash of heads. Yeah, so yeah. so so the the official comes to say oh it was a clash of heads. Oh, it's no. not until we watch it back. Yeah, it but essentially they stopped in the cut and we thought Paddy done more than enough to win on points. And is this only so this is only round two? Did this did that happen? I, I, no, I think I can't remember. The, the cut was like around four or five. Yeah. I, I can't remember the exact yeah. specifics. I would need to go and watch it back. But but Paddy's trapped him. They stuck him on his ass, yeah, which yeah. means they get to ten eight round. You know what I mean? So like we we essentially in our heads were definitely up in points here. Like we we we, we definitely sort of stop it due to the cut. But they told us the cut is due to a head clash. Oh, okay, but yeah. it was actually due to a punch when we watch it back. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so yeah. not only did he win it in points, points. in our eyes. He also won it due to he actually technically he had to win it because yeah. the punch was a cut. So like if boxing had VAR, yeah. if we didn't know yeah, you could yeah, VAR yeah. in football, yeah, yeah. so if boxing had VAR, like we talked about this, they, they would be so good for boxing if they actually played stuff back. And the thing, but I don't know if they ever will. But if you watched it back, essentially VAR would have ruled that Paddy won the fight. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Because yeah. it was a punch. So if yeah. you so if you if I if I punch another fighter as a pro boxer and a pro yeah. boxing ring. And it opens up a big cut. Yeah. Well, they stopped that fight due to the cut. Why would it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of the damage. Yeah, yeah. It was caused by a cut. But if I, but if I headbutt them, yeah. well, essentially, then it, it, the, the cut doesn't count. If they stop yeah, it, yeah. it'll still go to the scorecards for points. So essentially, it went to the scorecard for points because they said it was a head clash. But obviously, it should have went to the scorecard. Or it shouldn't have went to the scorecard. Yeah. It should have been because it was stopped by a cut. cut. It was done by a punch. Paddy right. won the vice title. So, sorry, that's, that's just bringing you to one other question that I actually really want to be asked because I've heard a few things and stuff like uh, about boxing and whatever. Like, maybe you don't want to answer it or whatever, but is boxing corrupt in some ways? <laughs> boxing, I, the amateur I, stuff I, I never want to bad mouth this sport that's changed my life. That's why the man I am today. <laughs> But it's the most cross sport in the world. <laughs> so, yeah. so, look at the decisions you see, and look at the stuff. Go, ah, oh, no, it is. And like, and what I've learned as I've sort of snowballed in my career is just like, just be very worried at times. Be worried. There's a lot of people you work with, and some people you know you can trust, and some people you need to be careful of because like, very easy for it's very easy for you to be out of a golden path in boxing, and it's very easy for corrupt decisions to maybe like completely turn the trajectory of Paddy's Paddy's career. Yeah. So like just so just to finish that, so Paddy won the British title that night. If Paddy had got the title that he won in our eyes and like the, the, the Belfast Olympics eyes, we actually put an appeal into the British Boxing Board, which would have been mm-hmm. nothing came of it. But uh if Paddy if Paddy had uh, got that decision, you win the British title, you then start getting the yeah. big paydays, yeah. you then start topping bills. You then start getting all the opportunities that he's been grinding for for like six, seven years or eight years of his career. He or six years, I think it was the year six of his professional career. So he's been working so hard. Us as a team, I'm I'm part of his team. So I'm with him every day, getting up at seven in the morning, hitting the fucking Reed Peter's track. Even when it's cold, fucking bringing him to gym sessions. (laughs) 
Never forget, I need a cram calf. His missus walked in there massaging his calf. <laughs> and then fucking up the other, she's like, what are you two kids at? Don't you? Like the level of curve for your feet. Yeah, yeah, but like in Jared as well, like, like me and Jared working, and then like, and, and, and we're like, what the fuck? So Jared, actually after that, but once they said, called Stone Jared O'Connor and said, I'm never coaching pro boxing again. <laughs> okay, fuck okay. this. Yeah, I'm yeah. not doing this. So I'm the second still at this point. Right. And I'm like, well, my journey's only starting here. Yeah. Although it was really gutted and hard, you know, I was still like, no, my journey's only starting. I've just got a call by this guy did this and coaching not that long ago. I've got, I've got my second thing. I ain't going to pursue being a head trainer now. Yeah. So then, that's just to get to where, where we sort of are now. So this is 2018 then, and then 2020, I could get my head trainer's license. Lockdown happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, world goes fucking yeah, batshit. Yeah, <laughs> Shit completely hits the fan. Do you think of the impact that had? I'm oh. having touched the men's mental health. We did talk yeah. about it in between there. So, like, my mental health probably suffers a bit, like, as all oh, during sure. lockdown. But I'm like, wait, I need to keep myself on the lane because yeah. I'm a seven foot personal trainer. Tunes are shut. I'm not making any money. Yeah, That's fucking yeah. stressful. As, as yeah. Everything my wife is working for the NHS. It's a funny story as well. My wife sent me a photo at the start of COVID. Wearing his big, big sort of like gas <laughs> She was a domestic supervisor. She supervising domestic cleaning thing. My wife was the first person to clean up a case of COVID in the whole of Northern, Northern Ireland, possibly on Belfast. So my wife was the first person to go in to where COVID was with this like stuff to clean it up. Like, just wore, as I said, I was like, you should sell that in papers. That's a cracking story. Swear to God, so she's, the, like a she's a, 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 a very humble and good at my way to be scummed in the night matches. That. But so she, she, uh, oh, so she's the first one getting messy to go. But anyway, so we touched the men's mental health there. But, but I think everyone's mental health struggled during lockdown. We all picked up bad habits. I think I was drinking pints of billies at one point. Drinking beers, but the weather could bring it to the barbecue. It was so fucking melting. Like, but I pursued my head trainer license, and I'm my wife. I've always wanted to open a gym. So my 10 year target of a personal trainer was I'm going to open a gym. And I'm in year eight or year nine in 2020, year eight or nine, something like that. So in a way, you're looking to turn this negative into a positive instantly. Do you know what I mean? The things that that's your vibe along the way, like, do you know what I mean? You sort of get a bit of a... Flip reverse lap. Yeah, do you know what I mean? A problem becomes a, a, a solution for you quite quickly, I think, Dan, do you know what I mean? When I'm solving problems, my mental health is brilliant. Yeah. That's the best way to get... And guide. again, not to relate and back to the ADHD, but I personally feel that that actually activates something in you that doesn't let you sit still in the sense that just accept the hand that you're dealt, do you know what I mean? Your brain is taking overdrive to say, how can I get myself back out of this problem? Do you know what I mean? That's why I think the ADHD is beneficial the for some people. Oh yeah, like not to as long as that, you manage it, as long as you exactly. manage it, it's a super problem. Yeah, sure, challenge it. We could do a whole podcast talking about ADHD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, maybe we will. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll go we'll But there might be somebody that might listen along the way to say, "What? This voice won't turn off this idea. This voice won't turn off this problem. Sure. This voice won't." Fucking yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. Believe in yourself. Yeah, like, no, like, no, like, uh, and, and like, sitting still for people can sort of start to instill, you know, bad mental health. You know, thinking maybe too much negative stuff. But mm. if you have that time to also put those negatives into that positive, then. It's all going to turn around for you, like, do you know what I mean? But just at that time, like, I think we all really struggled with mental health yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Everybody worldwide, and 
like the, the real pandemic was mental health after yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the real scandemic yeah. pandemic yeah. whatever you want to call it pandemic pandemic scandemic yeah we'll not go into that no, no. Be your old, that's another yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. Yeah. but but essentially I'm trying to pursue a positive so I got my head trainer's license in 2020 uh, my I'm, a, I'm on my way for opening the gym and she's a bit scared to stick down because she really deals with the stress and managing the booze and all yeah. that was been tough yeah. over the last couple of years opening the gym and I'm joking very very yeah, stressful yeah. Yeah. And, and tough 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 way I'm doing but, but I'm going the right direction with yeah. and the gym's getting better and better because these studios get on indeed so we'll get to that yes yes so I'm out my back garden, absolutely demented, and I'm cutting down neighbours' trees, and I'm, I'm doing absolutely <laughs> anything. Can I help you? Don't be doing anything. Like I'm messing, I'm phoning mates in Canada and America, and I'm, yeah. I'm sitting about the house all day, and I'm thinking, like, what advice I'm going on social media and trying to get people advice about staying, keeping your immune system strong. I'm like, I need to be productive. Like, I'm not used to being this. I'm used to talking, and I'm missing talking to people because I'm really social being who works with people every day, who works with doctors. Uh, it was actually, there you go. This is the thing. So, uh, I started got out my back garden and I set up a gym out my back I got weights yeah, and I got yeah, everything and I put the roof on it and grass and my missus is coming back from work <laughs> and I'm just seeing like I'm out the back PT and I'm breaking all the roofs like what's yeah, this and no, it's what it is so like I'm doing anything I need to survive I need to survive so I'm out yeah. the back anyway and I'm PT and I'm, uh, I've created this wee gym out in the back garden and my wife's like hold on like, like he actually is really like that's amazing he's a gym yeah, going out yeah, the back yeah, yeah. So then she's coming around the idea of God if he can run a business out of our back right, garden, yeah, yeah. coming down and empty in our fucking our garden, they bring people down and to come to it. Yeah. Like, like we're living down there at that point, like, and I'm uh, and I, I have 30, probably 20, 30 people a week coming to PT with me. Like, yeah, right. So like she started to see me, and I, I'm sort of re- get myself going again and start to make a few quid off of PT and out the back garden and drop a wee bit of the gym and all. She's sort of starting to see that. But funny thing during the pandemic. So I was working with Big Polly McCrory at the time, right. and I was just doing a bit of S&C when I was, I was the second. Uh, his head trainer was a guy called Dee Wells, and me and him had sort of teamed up at this point. So just before the pandemic, we'd sort of teamed up because Jared did the head up. I was trying to build a stable, he was trying to build a stable, so it sort of made sense we teamed up. Yeah, yeah. That was that was, it. That was our team for a while. He's done really well and done and been really successful the last couple of years. He was at the Katie Taylor fight last night, having a great right, night. But, uh, and we're working on Polly, and I phone Polly, and I said, Polly, fuck this, I'm training you today. He says, what is this? Like, What's COVID? I was like, I don't give a fuck, I'm not coming anywhere near you, yeah, yeah. I am going to train you today. He <laughs> says, I'm coming over to you, we're going to go outside the box club, and we're doing sprints. So I phone <laughs> my Polly, and Polly's like, I don't think, fuck it, right, go on, we'll do it, we'll do it, sign out, mate. I know you're broke. Good to see you. Not the same people. Obviously, you're still the same people, not as much. So, big ponies doing sprints up and down, and it's like, this is epic. And then, next time, I'm like, why don't we go to Mary Peter's track? So, we were right doing that before. So, like, me and D. Oscar, me and Peter's track, and the whole of like pandemic, they would have proved on a bit of caps and all different things. People complained about us, but we started training people. We, we all these young amateur boxers and all these pros, all training on Mary Peter's track. We're breaking all the rules, like, but we didn't, we were like, we were like, it was the only thing to keep us boxing trainers yeah. and strengthening this and to keep logical sense. And physical. 
Mm. And at one point, I'm bringing Lex into the squad report. All these top pros are going through my auntie in order. They're going down the auntie to my back garden uh, gym to fucking uh, hide the punch bags up. And uh, like, so see, I've actually videoed this. I'll have, have to get this a few clips. Is there a few so like, ah, so since I'm finding work around, and then yeah. she's seeing this, and then things are clicking. So then I get the keys to my first unit coming into the pandemic, and we weren't out of it. It was still very raw, and I go on and got this wee unit out. Uh, so this is after the first lockdown, then, then this is in between. This is coming into the first lockdown. Right, right, right. So I get keys to this unit. Uh, so like the thing, this actually thing is looking more stuff off. Legend like for me, like, got me keys, got me a unit to work away with. It wasn't really charging me much. So I get the first PPT studios going because I'm the head of the PPT studios. So originally my business is performance personal training Belfast. And like now I'm going into it being an actual shop or a unit or a thing. So I've got something probably half the size of this shop, maybe but probably a wee bit more narrow this way and sort of longer. a bit longer and stuff. So they get the keys to my first unit and I'm fucking cutting it out and getting the ring sort of getting it painted and loaded out crap in the end of the move from one unit to the other and uh, from the days, from the days of walking up to somebody in fitness first on the treadmill to say, "Can I, can I take you for the pads to <laughs> and work all the your first you know I mean? And I work with all these pro boxers, and yeah, it's just it's mad. I think you no stayed more. on the projection, the success, like to remain. It's amazing. Man. Ten year goal was good. Love, love it. So I got the keys to the studio, got it out, got it ready. Fucking, we're open. Next month, bomb was shut again. Right, okay. I get I get reported to so the people in Langley. I thought would have actually been happy for you to come. There's no gym up here, so I get reported for for breaking the rules. But essentially, I've got pro boxing. You're allowed to still pretend professional athletes oh, okay, yeah. during the pandemic. They sort of change the rules, so you're allowed because professional sportsmen like Laddie Garner, yeah, yeah. and he done the show in his back garden, and really? uh, he done the bubble sort of thing. Okay. So you're not allowed to train pro boxers because it's top of pro boxers to be able to fight again. So like I still have pro boxers coming in this studio when we had another lockdown. And it was like, oh, we're having that we're revising the rules for a couple of weeks and all this bullshit. That was so, so stressful. Mm-hmm. But, and then someone reports me for a change of use. <laughs> Absolutely hammers me. So I end up, I know that I can't, I've got guys complaining about me. I'm too loud, blah, blah, blah. So I just know deep down in my heart that this isn't going to work so yeah, I'm sort of like okay. I've put loads of money in this I've knocked my absolute mouth in to get this VC run and I think it gets to Christmas and it's been going for six months and I'm devastated this one I was completely melted and they're locking us down again and I'm like oh I'm just going to have to call this and I'm like do I give up and I'm like fucking definitely not, no, not no. giving up on my dream Yeah. so I went down to Eden Derry Millbury on night and years ago I went in and asked them could you open the gym here and they told me no they were like nah fucking the power melties in the gym and burnt it down <laughs> you burnt half the half this sort of business part of it <laughs> so I was like nah you can't open the gym here this is years before because years before I was still looking possibly adventures of opening the gym I think this is when I maybe was in fitness first I'd left fitness first and went to gym go I think alright not fitness first I left fitness first went to city centre gym city centre gym before the pandemic I worked in gym for a couple of years that's for me and Polly we worked together, we were both PTing together at this point and under performance personal training Belfast. And uh, then the pandemic hits, I set up the gym out my back. After that, then I go and set up a studio. Studio doesn't work because of COVID now. So I went down and I spoke to them and they knocked me back and I said, look, here, this was, I think it was the end of December, I said, look, I really want to open a gym space. Do you just take gyms down? And she's like, oh, well, we have a gym around the corner now, would that put you up? I'm like, no, no, I have a boxing gym. I'm, Something totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get the keys to this big massive unit. <laughs> and I'm like, God, shit. God, God. So we're in lockdown again. It's like six months in lockdown. So 
to the guy and put in money from everywhere to try and get this over and borrow money and fucking I'm lucky enough I've started to get grants now because obviously I pay tax all my taxes over the year you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm starting to get grants and uh, I'm getting grants based on what I pay tax and I pay a lot of tax so I'm able to get grants based on my wage and my, my income and I've got like a bounce back loan so I've got a bit of dough and I'm oh, getting really? dough from my and it's like right fuck it I'm going to go this way and I've taken on this big massive unit uh, January three years ago, exactly January three years ago, this January will be exactly three years ago, I took on the keys. But like I'm sitting in this big massive unit during a pandemic and I'm getting like trying to get pro boxing rings built, I'm trying to like yeah, get yeah. swat racks, I'm trying to get dumbbells and the rings expensive yeah, as fuck. Yeah, Probably yeah. paid way over the price for half the equipment up and they break my heart. So but actually did spike in there. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fake bro. Yeah, yeah. It doubled the tension yeah, was absolutely extortion, yeah, it was yeah. absolutely ridiculous. But I'm trying to get equipment for everywhere, get this up and running. And fancy, I've got what looks like a gym together. I've got a pro boxing setup. I've got a strength and distance setup. I've got a big whack of grass. Of all the stuff that me do on the gym, but I'm not allowed to do them. What do you think? Do you, do you think? What in hindsight, the pandemic and the lockdowns, you know, taking the positive out of it, it was actually beneficial to give you time to just sort of focus on yourself because. Say yeah. it wasn't a pandemic, you might have been working for somebody else and it didn't open these doors to go out on their own, you know that way? That the pandemic was brilliant for me. Because yeah, yeah. it sort of forced me into that sort of positive out of it, like the thing that was holding me back we was when Mrs. was being apprehended, she started yeah, like yeah, stress yeah. and rubbing some for her because it has been very stressful. Yeah. She's she's very good at it. always good interesting, good answer. Yeah, she's yeah. always like you definitely have a lot more pressure and a lot more expectation. But you need that too. Expectation. No, pressure's for tires, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you have to remember that, like, you know, you feel under pressure, but like, if you're you're in the right spot, see if, I, see if I'm under pressure and stress, then there's a cracking story about uh, being three feet from ghosts. So there's this guy, and he buys this big, massive whack of land, and he's told that there's definitely gold under this land somewhere, and he digs it and digs it and digs it for like two or three years and two or three years and many years and digging it for years and years and years, and he can't find the gold, and he ends up giving up, and he ends up selling it off for pennies. And someone else buys it off yeah. and, 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 a, and a week or two weeks later keeps digging three feet in bang finds all the gold he left off yeah, yeah so exactly when things are stressful and really really I'm under pressure sorry for looking at Chris no, no. keep doing that but uh, I'd say these things that's <laughs> it but 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 uh, I always have to apologise for looking at Chris fucking nothing but now at my age like I'm 36 I have to do it because especially when I talk to the professor I'll be like sorry for looking <laughs> but but see when you talk, sorry for interrupting you. Uh, see when you talk about pressure and stuff. Like obviously you talk about like you're very ambitious. You're very yeah, you're, you're getting successful, etc. And the bigger you get with all those you know, three things, like the more pressure is going to come. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, which is you know you just have to kind of deal with that pressure on your shoulders. But the more successful you get, and for a bag of bricks and with a word like so learning to switch off. Essentially, mm -hmm. that's my big problem, and I'm starting to really work on it. Where like like now. On a Friday, I'm, I've started to go home with Mrs. On Friday, where she used to go and do a bit of coasting in the Amateur Club, and I'm like, I'm a good Amateur Club, so now I'm like an Amateur Club wee bit as well. But now like, I'm working every night of the week, and I've sort of realised that I have to go home one night a week. So, so like, I maybe run the way on to session on Saturday, or run to Saturday, and take the way on to sort of make up for not being there on a Friday, because I sort of feel like when I commit to something, I have to try and give, yeah, it, yeah, give it my best and give it my yeah, all. Give my vibe off there. Ah, when you start something, it has to be. So I'm sitting I'm sitting in uh, I'm sitting in this big unit during the second lockdown, demented and like and 
there's all these appeals for gyms to be allowed to be open they're good for your mental health and nurses want them open yeah. everybody wants them open and it, it's absolutely like it's mad if fitness wasn't a force surely they exclaimed but that's the scandal <laughs> <laughs> Some didn't seem right there, yeah. but you yeah. can look after yourself and exercise is one of the best ways. Yeah. Or you can go out and run new thing, but a lot of people rely on obviously different forms of training. But you're taking people's essential lifeline away, I think, when you think uh, the gym shouldn't be. But so we're in the gym and I'm doing my sneaky one to ones. <laughs> so I'm doing a bit of sneaky one to one just because for, for money, I need it for Sunday. And I've agreed that obviously I'm going to start paying rent soon whenever we open. And I know that the bills are going to come at me thick and fast. Yeah, yeah. So uh, then we opened the end of May and I've got the first up trend up run. And, and this is 2021 then? This is now, like 2021, I. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, I'm actually, I was teamed up with that other coach, Steve Walsh, I talked about. So I was sort of part of ways with him. Okay. I'm starting to part ways because I'm going off to open up my own pro gym yep. and my own gym, my own thing. So essentially, I'm in a pro boxing gym for the first year without any pro boxers. Okay. <laughs> the right of fate, and we're going through a pandemic where there's not many opportunities. So it's like, hold on, is it tibetan me? But I'm starting to help out the amateur boxing, and I've started to dip my toe back in there. So a lot of the amateurs reached out to me, and I've trained a couple of amateurs during the pandemic, big Lex West, and I'm sure. So we'll come out, we're still sort of coming out of the pandemic, and he won, and they let amateur boxing start again, which was class. Okay. Actually, a photo of me doing the Thing it looks like a pair of knickers around my face. <laughs> <laughs> the mask. It's like spotted one, it looks like a pair of knickers. Oh, so, big lax comes out of the pandemic. I've been training this amateur the whole way through. He's an absolute gem of a guy, really good man. I mean, still fighting at the moment. Actually, we're pushing towards the Australia title here. Big target for him this year. Uh, big middleweight. And I train the leg with him. I see potential in him. But he's a novice at this stage. So, I get him ready. And we come out of the pandemic and he wins the Ulster senior title which is just below the elite level title. Uh, he wins Boxer of the Tournament. We then go to another big tournament. He wins that tournament, the Catholic Box Cup. He then enters the elites and drops the Ulster Elite Champion. <laughs> and then the third round, nearly wins the elite uh, the elite tournament, which is with the Commonwealth Games selection process. So like this guy goes from being a novice, spends eight months with me or nine months with me during lockdown training, comes out of it, starts winning all these things. And I don't know why he's at elite level, beating in the elite final to go to the Commonwealth Games. Doesn't get the goal, gets uh, beat on a split decision, but that's just amateur boxing and that's the way it goes. But I'm gradually starting to speak to a couple of pros and I'm starting yeah. to dip my toe in. I'm talking about amateur boxing a bit more and the reason they look here from a football boxing gym. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. good to go, lads. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just waiting on the tag coming my way. So I start working with a guy called Dom Donegan. I'm doing it, but he reaches out to me saying, Dom, look, I've seen you working with someone before. I'd be interested. He comes up. Couple of fights with him. Uh, another guy called come called James Freeman. I'm working with him for a way. The two boys actually decide to move on. One of them goes yeah. and then one of them decide that it's not working. And then Connor Kerr, our good friend, he also comes to Dean Samuel. Shout out Connor Kerr. Connor Kerr, legend <laughs> King Kong. Get yeah, on with it. Get it. Next fight being announced soon. Love I can't it. tell you the date yet, but I will. Love it. Love it. So I am Connor's been reaching out to me, and I'm going back to Connor, and I'm like Connor, like I've got two pros, there's other pros reaching out to me. You're my old club mate. We used to box the same club. Like you need to come now, bro, if you want to work with me. Yeah. Like the opportunities, I only have a set amount of professional. I'm willing to work with because I'm on the fucking gym. Yeah, I'm on the professional. I'm on the yeah, gym yeah. as well as I'm running the professional, and I'm helping out the amateur box as well. Yeah. So I'm getting through to all these different directions. So 
And Connor, 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 Connor's like, wait, I can do the assassin because Connor's adamant he's going pro at this point. He always wanted to go pro. Yeah. And I always talked to me about it and stuff because I was in pro boxing even when I was streaming and I was still in World of Body. So he comes down and does assassin. We just click straight away in the pods. Class. And like, and like, look, no pressure. I always let people make their own decision. I don't say like, you have to show me because you can my job obviously not. But they come to assessment, they go away and have a think about it, you know, talk to you, we need yeah. to talk to you. If you want to work with me, brilliant. So, but he goes one session, he's like, nah, I don't know, pro you. So he's completely yeah, sold yeah. to me and him have this great bond because we were old club mates. And, and I trained his brother, Dag, actually, yeah, as an amateur yeah, as well. Yeah, that year, yeah. I brought Dag to a tournament. Right? Dag was one of my, Dag and Connor were both my club mates. But I've evolved into a coach, they're still boxing. So, so Dag's in his ear. Connor's your first Connor's your first signing then? No, well I've worked with Don Donegan and yeah. James Freeman before. Okay, okay. So the empty are still well one Don's sort of not with me at this point when Connor right. Connor comes and James Freeman's still with me. Okay. Uh but so Connor me and Connor are working away together, clicking and everything's going really, really well. And then James said that head on, which is sweet. Yeah, that tour he fights on them the card and McCommon gets the win, he puts his hand and Things maybe happen during the country when that race he moves on. I'm obviously a wee bit proud of it, but the decisions at the start, and then I'm sort of like, well, no, maybe that's for the better. He moves on with our trainer, good guy, and actually really like James. Yeah. So I wish him all the best. Yeah. And me and Connor really clicking off, but like people don't realize Connor's <coughs> unbelievable because Connor's top amateur, fought all the best guys. Yeah. Uh, fought for Irish titles, all their titles, everything always was there, thereabouts. Fought at 57, the hardest weight you can fight at. Yeah, like, yeah. It's the most competitive weight. Frampton, Conlon, loads of boxers went around that weight that have went on to do great things. Brian McGuigan, with a success of fighters, and uh, he's at the real hard weight, so he keeps getting tipped in the final, and sometimes he clearly wins and doesn't get the decision. The yeet actually been big lacks. We thought one could beat in a split season. That's the night Connor fought the number one Jude Gallagher, who ended up winning the Commonwealth Gold. Lake Paddy Galford ended up just running yeah. back and all runs in circles. Yeah and stopped two boys but Connor gave him a harder fight than anybody in the Commonwealth Games to go and qualify and people thought Connor won me included so it just shows you what level Connor's at this guy yeah, that he fought yeah. that we thought he beat with well, Ronda win a gold and yeah. stopped two boys Ronda yeah. boxing stopping people you do see it a lot more now but uh, but like two stoppages in the games like as they're big yeah, thinking yeah. this guy can like he's only he's qualified for the next week he's going again he's Ireland's number one he's just won the elite title recently there but Connor's always been there, there but he's fighting at such a high level, but just not getting that big, not getting his stars. Connor's never got his stars, yeah, yeah. so he's so so like it's obviously he's got a chip on the shoulder when he goes pro. He's now two and zero, and we're getting ready for his, his third fight. But me and Connor are working really, really well together. Uh, I worked with Owen O'Neill before as a kid. We were both amateur teammates against weirdies. Boys are all my amateur teammates, and now I'm their head trainer. It's just yeah, mad. Yeah, I'm obviously yeah. a bit older than them. Yeah, like. yeah. A cute bit older than them. Nah. <laughs> Triple O, but he's he's a very well known name in the boxing as well, isn't he? Yeah, the local lad from yeah, North yeah. Belfast, yeah. Mad Climbell fan. Yeah, yeah. Like was out with out, out with his first belt on the Climbell night. Yes, yes. I stand I wasn't working with him, but it was still sort of behind the scenes at his corner, not in his corner, but standing in his corner. Yeah. Standing with standing with his uncle when he was one of his uh, first belt and stuff. So there's a good relationship between me and him. We've parted ways at a period of time. We've worked together and then we've parted ways. Actually encouraged him to sacrifice them. But uh, but he had a bit of a issue at his last fight. Didn't make the weight, struggled and sort of reached out to me for a bit of help and left the trainer he was with and, and decided obviously that, that me and him would, would start working together again. But we both <coughs> talked about it and we're now working together as a team. So like there's two of me old club mates yeah, now with me and then a girl called Katie Freedom yeah. who in twenty twenty won uh, 
the WBC Youth Female World Title won a weather, I can't remember the other thing, it'll come back to me, but won three versions of a world title and she's only like 20, 20 odds or 21 at the time and essentially I wrapped her hands for a fight after that, that fight photo, and, and me and her clicked but I didn't take round number, just clicked from a friendly purpose yeah, yeah, yeah. so she'd been messing me during the pandemic going damn I'd love to get back at it, what, what's crack, I'll come to YouTube and I said no problem, nothing comes of it and then so Connor comes, I'm still talking to Katie, a wee bit over social media, starts reaching out to me again over the last couple of months. Owen comes and then next one to Katie's messing and I'm like, look, just come up for a second, there's no pressure. If you're happy and you enjoy it, or do a session and see how it goes. Like I always, my approach, I don't want yeah. them to come and, yeah. I, don't, I don't want them to make a decision until they've enjoyed doing the session. She comes up, she trains me, how for you, bye. She comes up, she trains me and her father comes up and he runs an amateur boxing, amateur boxing club down in uh, Kildare where they're from. Me and him click a wee bit. He was there when I in the photo when I met him. Uh, actually, a couple of years before, and you just don't realise what impression you're leaving on someone. Yeah, yeah. I get asked for a favour to pro professionally wrap her hands because there was no one there to do it, and I don't. And you never know when you're clicking with someone. So she comes up there a couple of weeks ago, does a session. Her dad loved, seems to click with me. She seems to click with me, and she's like, oh no no no. I think I've sort of made myself now, like, no, go away, he's a dragon, but she's just coming away from going to there, she's a dragon for two hours. She still is coming up a couple of times a week. Uh, and she's even getting more sponsors, so he wants to sponsor again. Yes, she's yes. going to be fighting a match room in my eyes in no time. I definitely believe she'll be on match room, uh, the card, the key to those over the match room. Eddie Hearn, uh, the, the big dog, in, in pro boxing, for, that's who you want to be promoted by. Yeah. Uh, so every, everything in that sense is sort of coming a bit full circle for me now as well. Well, this is where we're at now. Yeah, this yeah, is sort yeah. of getting, getting where we're at now. So yeah. she reached out to me. She goes away and I make go with me. And then she actually want here, coach, said, when can I come back up? So she comes back up and, and the word decision's made. My decision's made. I love the word versus I previously won versions of a world title. So to me, there's great opportunities. And she's a lovely girl. She's, and she's a cracking talent. Yeah. She's, and she won a world uh, bronze for Ireland as a youth as well. So just loads of characteristics of what's going to be an, like a maybe world class and go on maybe achieve great things like the likes of Katie Taylor and all them other amazing uh, female Irish boxers Katie yeah. Taylor's the goat of Irish boxers yeah, yeah. put that out what right. a fucking fight that yeah. what a win epic lost it be unreal oh Jesus love it squealed it before <laughs> she was watching TV and squealed it what the fuck you may win this win it and then I start cheering like, man, she's like, would you calm down? <laughs> she's watching TV and I have the earphones in, looking at my phone. I've got the, the zone on my phone. So I, just, I don't want to not sit over there. Yeah, no, she's like, doing her thing and I want But, so now, I open a pro boxing gym without essentially any pros interactive. Sure, because of acting, just a few other issues. And now I'm sitting with three pros. Connor Kerr, 2-0. One only 12 and 0 Celtic champion, oh, Katie Phelan 5 and 0, oh, 23 years of age, previously <laughs> won world titles. But I've still all the work to do. Yeah, like, like, just because yeah, they've yeah. done that in the past, they got, but Connor's been all night. So the work, because he's, he's, he's won two pro fights in me already with me in his corner, and we're going for a third here. And we'll push on. I believe Connor's going to win some titles. And I believe yeah, I can't wait to see Connor's progression myself now, being a personal friend of Connor. Like, to talk about getting them sitting beside me with yeah, the first bell on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 are, we are going to get Connor on, like, and we want to get Connor on at the start of his journey as well, so we can check back in with yeah. him. You know, come again next year, six yeah, months. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that's getting that. on. Even with yourself, though, as well, Dan. Yeah, this is the guy. Yeah, yeah. Coach and trainer. Yeah, fantastic.
But so it wouldn't be actually charged. So you three. So we're three. three, three on your but if it all the dudes, you get what yeah, I'm saying. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they Katie's making a comeback after not fitting for a couple of years, so they'll be out racing her arm and stuff around her elbow. I think there was an issue where racing her elbow, which is sorted now. And she's had a long break. Do you know what I mean? Owen O'Neill has uh, came from being with a different trainer, and obviously my state of training is slightly maybe different that our trainer. So because a lot of work. But the good thing is, the good thing is with PPT studios and also Anderson Parkson is you can go to PPT studios if you just want to obviously oh, hit yes, the pads so or do a bit of training. training. You know, you don't oh, yeah. have to be a pro boxer essentially. Oh no, essentially take that, a step into that world. But Anderson Boxing is there. If you want to be a professional boxer, so that, I guess I think it's like amazing, mate. Like sort of having it's that two options, do you know what I mean? Like I can go and train with Dan and basically get rid of some anger, get rid of some anxiety, get rid of some, get in shape, oh and then also if you really you see maybe something in that person that listen, maybe put you towards more sort of Anderson boxing there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That also gives them is that sort of opportunity yeah. of of dab- dabbling in that like. Essentially, Anderson boxing. What it's about, it's, it's about so the so just so to get obviously grass because we've talked about a lot of stuff there. So PPT Studios yes. is, is my business. That's my brand where I run small group personal training sessions, where I for the run everyday person boxing classes yeah. for guys like yourselves, yeah. one or two yeah. yeah. Where I run charity boxing events like white collar boxing, where somebody's never had a fight before comes there and uh, and trains and. It's for improving people's mental health. It's improving yeah. people's mental, physical health. It's getting people in shape. That's what PBT's about. But essentially, Anderson Boxing's a pro boxing. Yeah. Overhead, and essentially, look, I don't want to be out of here, but essentially, I do shoot stuff in the name, promoting professional boxing shows. I'm running my own sort of professional box shows under the overhead of Anderson Boxing. I want to do merch. So, God, this is a bit of merch here, isn't it? Mistake, humble t shirt. I don't know if that's an AJ brand. We'll say not the AJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, but like essentially, so so two overheads are working out of one gym. So Anderson boxing yes, is my pro boxing table, yeah. and the personal training sort of works there. Yeah. So like, I always dream. A couple of years ago, I was dreaming that like like I'd be flattered with pro boxers, and you'd see my coaches in the background teaching yeah, personal training, yeah. and that's actually happening now. Like, yeah, yeah. They're in PT and sometimes I maybe I, I try to obviously keep the pro boxing separate when people aren't in, but sometimes it's less the odd team like. So people are walking in their PT session and I'm wrapping up the pad session oh, for the fighter. Do you know what I mean? And then, nah, essentially, well, because I'm off age strength and distance coach. So, like, they got to me, there's a massive upper hand in boxers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I know how to get my boxer, not only do I know how to get them ready from a technical perspective, because obviously I've had the experience over the years, over the last 10 years, working in different yeah. stables and different gyms and stuff. And uh, I also know how to get them physically ready. And I feel like I've pretty much perfected my system, but not perfected. I've refined my system. Can't chase perfect. Yeah. You never the day that the day that you think you know it all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know fuck yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the day you think you know it all, you're done. Especially in sport, my eyes. So I always want to evolve. Sport evolves. I must evolve. New methods come out and strengthen. Doesn't I need to find out what they are? And it's like barber in a sense. You know what I mean? There's always a new hurdle, oh, always a new stand, always you feel something. More? Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> I feel it that, is like. Uh, that strength and condition has just became such a big thing, like in, in any sport. Like oh, you know, yeah. if you, I remember, like you know, with footballers just throwing about, you used to just drink on a Friday night. Like, you know, <laughs> and now it's like no like nutrition, yeah, strength and conditioning, ice bath, and stuff like that. So see, see for our customer base down here, Dean Samuels, all our clientele, say they are wanting to just do a bit of training, bit of 
where did they find you then Dan like your Facebook your Instagram where are you actually situated where is the business you know give us a wee bit of insight on that so how does someone actually find you so we're on the Crumman Road so yeah. just uh, there's a Starbucks and a little directly facing the unit then leading to email yep. so you can come and see us there uh, if you do want to come and work with me you can arrange a free consultation and yep. then have a chat with me and I'll tell you a bit about what we do I'm really easy to get on social media, so I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I'm on TikTok, so down the man. What I've got I have three Instagrams, PPD Studios, Anderson Boxing, and down the man, so down the man's me. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. about what I'm doing, like yeah, I'm doing yeah. triathlons and different mad shit that I get up to, got a bit of football, we'll try. Uh, Anderson Boxing's for the element of boxing for amateurs yeah. that want to reach out and work with me, potentially maybe go pro. And obviously pros that want to work with me, where I do have people reaching out, but I'm a full stable, so I have three pros now, so that's me, Cap. I'm mm-hmm. going to stick there for the next while, I'm just really focusing on the M3. And PPT Studios is on Instagram, on Facebook, right. and I'm on TikTok, so any of them formats, I'm not a hard man to get a hold of, honestly. Yeah. And like I said, you get a consultation. But I have to say, it's been powerful. Come oh, yeah. Uh, obviously just, you know, we will obviously provide all the links on the podcast today, obviously, to find you anyway. So basically, hopefully we can push people. Tell us about the name. How did the name come? The barber's chair was originated through obviously <laughs> Cotton Daniel. Uh, we've been talking now for probably about two, three months about obviously getting this started. Uh, Dan has incited me. He's motivated me. He's inspired me. He's actually came up with the name. He's also came up with ideas. He's essentially pushing me towards this, and that's why I feel privileged having the big man on as the first guest. I feel privileged to have him as a client to come and cut us hair and onwards and upwards or onwards and upwards for us all lads. You know I mean? um, Hopefully we can push people your direction who might be struggling with even just stepping foot in the gym, you know, they might have anxiety about going because people do suffer with thinking that they're the main character at the gym oh, when they walk in yeah. when they're one in a thousand. So break that ice. You know, you couldn't be going with okay. a better guy that will help with that. Like, I'd just like to say obviously like thank you like i mean you obviously came up with this idea yeah. along obviously with with down there as yeah, well yeah. and uh, you know we're using like dean samuel and i'm yeah it's what we're all about at dean samuel's too do you know what i mean yeah. we talk about this daily community and camaraderie and stuff yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's obviously another thing as well like you know we're all here trying to push on to do more things it's the same with dean samuel same anderson boxing um, and this is what the podcast is obviously all about. We just want to promote local people, yeah, promote yeah. their businesses, promote each other, and hopefully it. Twelve and tribulations. Twelve and tribulations. Yeah. 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 Yeah.